This is a download from Ormskirk Christadelphians of one of our Sunday afternoon talks. For more downloads, go to our website, ormskirkchristadelphians.org.uk or join us in person at our meeting room on Moorgate in Ormskirk every Sunday at 1.45pm. We hope you enjoy the talk. Good afternoon, everybody. Is everybody here? Is anybody else watching from the website? Now there's a question. Do you love me? It's hard to imagine a more searching, a deeper, a more demanding question. It reaches down into the very inside of our heart. For that is where love resides, is it not? Do you love me? And it's not always a very easy question to answer. Perhaps be afraid of the question, dreading the time when it comes. It requires a great deal of self-knowledge. It requires us to delve down into our heart to see what we'll find. And maybe, maybe we're afraid of what we will find. A great deal hangs on the answer. It's almost, if the question is asked, an answer is wanted, even expected, to be positive. If it's negative, that has repercussions. To illustrate this partly, I, I thought of a scene in the musical film. I don't know if you, I'm sure many of you will have seen it, maybe all of the film Fiddle on the Roof, where a whole song is built about this answer. Um, if you haven't seen it, the, the scene is that um, the main protagonist in the show, Topol, who is daughters of an age now where they want to get married, and they talk, talk to him about their love. And it suddenly prompts him to turn around and ask his wife the question that you kind of assume he's never asked before. Do you love me? And I said the whole song is built about this. And I think it's interesting perhaps to hear some of the, the lyrics of the song also give the wife's response, which I think might be interesting. In the first verse, it goes, Do I love you? For 25 years I've washed your clothes, cooked your meals, cleaned your house, given you children, milked the cow. After 25 years, I talk about love right now. And then in the second verse it goes, Do I love him? For 25 years I've lived with him, fought him, starved with him. 25 years my bed is his. If that's not love, what is? So she doesn't necessarily answer the question, but she, she lets her actions answer the question. It's all been demonstrated. So, this big question, possibly familiar question, and here it is, as we see from our title, in the Bible. That's the title, Bible Quotes, Do You Love Me? So most of you are probably familiar 
where it comes from in the Bible. But just to recap, for those who are not, turn with me to the Gospel of John, chapter 21. This is the last, the last chapter in the Gospel. And Jesus is speaking with his disciples after his resurrection. And starting at verse 15. When they had finished breakfast, oh, by um, <clears throat> reading quotations today from the, um, it'll either be the Revised Standard Version if I'm turning them up in, or the English Standard Version if I'm reading them straight from my notes. They're fairly similar anyway. So verse 15. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Feed my lambs. A second time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, Do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my sheep. Truly I say, truly I say to you, when you were young, you girded yourself and walked where you would. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will gird you and carry you where you do not wish to go. This he said to show by what death he was to glorify God. And after this, he said to him, follow me. So there's the Bible quotation then. It's a question that the Lord Jesus Christ asked of one of his closest disciples Simon Peter now this might be a little familiar to many of you this is actually the second talk of this title you've had it Ormskirk this year I'm not actually sure that it was a deliberate act on the part of the ecclesia but as Andrew said to me in his email there you go yes back in January uh, Darren Guy from Halifax also spoke on this subject there's a video of his talk on the website so if you weren't here you, you can go out and have a look on to see what he said and springing from this passage from this quotation Darren spent some time looking at Peter and the various ways he had actually demonstrated his love for Jesus in the things he said and the things he did as they recorded in the Gospels. And he then spent a bit of time turning the question round to us and thinking about how much we might love Jesus. Now, obviously, there wouldn't be a great deal of point if I was just to repeat and go over what he has said already. In a couple of years' time, maybe, it would be worth repeating, but not so soon. So what I want to do um, is that I know, I know this is supposed to be a talk about a Bible quotation but I think it's already been very admirably dealt with by Darren back in January. 
So I want to lay that quotation to one side and not exactly pick up where Darwin left off, but I want to spend a little more time thinking about how this question relates to us. What would we say if Jesus asked us the question, do you love me? Is he likely to? What does it actually mean to love him? Now, one, th one thing I think we need to understand at the beginning is the link between loving Jesus and loving God. And I hope it's fairly clear from that reading we had just now that these two things go hand in hand. If we just run down some of the verses. <clears throat> uh, verse 10. Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? Oh. <clears throat> it's verse 21. He who has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father and I will love him and manifest myself to him. <clears throat> Verse 23. Jesus answered him, If a man loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. And there's pl plenty more in the Bible. Further, further back in John, chapter 5, verse 22. The Father judges no one, but he has given all judgment to the Son, that all may honour the Son, just as they honour the Father. Whoever does not honour the Son does not honour the Father who sent me. John chapter 15, verse 23, has the converse. Jesus speaking, whoever hates me, hates my Father also. The letter of John, chapter 5, verse 1. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves whoever has been born of him. And of course the verse in John chapter 10, verse 30, I and the Father are one. So when we think of our love for Jesus, we are also thinking of our love for God. And the passages that talk of loving God are as relevant to our consideration today as those that specifically speak of loving Jesus. Now people have talked about different types of love and the different reflected in the different words for love that we have in the Greek I know you can put it I, I, to my mind I suppose I can, I can understand it. there's like a, a receiving type of love um, for instance I love strawberries because they're nice because they make me happy they give me something and we can love people in the same way they make <clears throat> they make us happy we enjoy having them around they give something to us and we love them on the other hand there is the outward type of love, the giving type of love, where you show people love, you help them, you care for them, regardless of whether they are nice. The two ways we can use the word love is perhaps a special type of love between a man and a woman. 
But I think the reason, the reason we have the same word for all these slight different shades of meaning is that all these types of love, they converge. Love, love is something you feel in here. And if you like somebody, if you love them in that sense, well, then you want to help them and to do the best for them. And if you show love to somebody, if you care for them, you begin to value them. You find the good in them. You come to like them. All love converges into this feeling of, sort of mutual benefit and, and union and togetherness. It's very much about what love is. So when we think about loving Jesus, we can think about loving all its different aspects. Okay, so, do we love Jesus? We can all say we do. But it might not mean anything. How do we show love? What does it mean? Well, when we love somebody, for one thing, we, we like to be with them. As I said, we like having them around. So I suppose coming to meetings together like this is a way of being with them, a way to show our love. And it's certainly something he wants us to do. Reading from the epistle to the Hebrews, chapter 10, verse 24. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works and not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. And again, Jesus says, Matthew chapter 18, verse 20, For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am to, among them. So, he does want us to come together. <clears throat> and we can show our love for Jesus by coming together in this way, by coming to the ecclesia, to the meetings, supporting them, being part of them. But then we have to be a little bit careful that it just doesn't all become just a matter of presentism. We can sometimes get to think that we just have to turn up to tick the box, that we're almost doing, a fa doing God a favour by being there. It's, it's not necessarily showing love, real love, if you get too clingy. I think about it. So, I mean, Angela and I have a fairly traditional husband and wife marriage roles uh, life. I go out to earn the money and Angela stays at home, home, looks after the house. But I mean, suppose tomorrow morning, middle of the morning, <clears throat> and Angela turns around to me and says, well, what are you doing here? Why are you still at home? You're, you're supposed to be out at work by now. You're going to be late. And I was to say, well, I love you. I want to be with you. And she say, well, that's not very good, is it? If you don't go out and bring home the bacon, we'll we both starve. I mean, what's, what's, where's the love in that? Yes, there's other things we have to do as well. Sometimes 
fear we can get a bit like that with a meeting we can become a bit of a holy huddle we enjoy each other's company so much that we never get out there and of course another way we can be with God and Jesus is through prayer Jesus leads the way he spent an awful lot of time in prayer just uh, just read one of the verses from Luke chapter 6 in these days he went out to the mountain to pray and all night he continued in prayer to God and when day came he called his disciples and chose from them twelve whom he named apostles all night now I'm not going to ask you if you think you spend enough time in prayer I don't think any of us feel that we spend as much time in prayer as we ought or we'd like to but it is one way to show love for God and for Jesus another way of showing love to someone is to trust them and be trustworthy yourself if you love somebody you're not going to want to put one over them or de- deceive them in any way and nothing, nothing is so devastating and final for, for any sort of relationship if there's a breakdown in trust of course it's not so easy to deceive God he knows everything hasn't always stopped people trying look at Ananias and Sapphira if you're, if you're I'm sure most people here are familiar with that tale if you're not familiar with it look in Acts chapter 5 or you need to read the end of chapter 4 for context a couple who tried to make out a simple thing really try to make out that they were given, giving more to God than they really were trying to put one over on him well they thought they were trying to put one over on, one over on the church but that's not what it was about and Pete, this is Peter's judgment as we read in Acts chapter 5 verse 3 and 4 but Peter said Ananias why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and to keep back for yourself part of the proceeds of the land while it remained unsold did it not remain your own and after it was sold was it not at your disposal why is it that you have contrived this deed in your heart you have not lied to man but to God so it's not a sensible thing to do but yeah, for, for all those sort of reasons we're not likely to try and lie to God directly not about something that we, we know isn't true but something we can sometimes do sometimes we can be rather too good at if we find there are truths that are perhaps unpalatable or inconvenient 
What we do first is lie to ourselves. We convince ourselves. And then we can try and convince God with a clear conscience. We're kidding ourselves. But God knows the truth of the matter. And to be honest, in our heart of hearts, if we were to check, really so do we. So if we love God, if we love Jesus, we have to be honest with him. He is, after all, the God of truth. Something else that you give someone you love is priority. You put them first. Of course, if you love everybody, we well, can't put everybody first, but you can put them ahead of yourselves. But beyond that, Jesus does make certain demands. Matthew chapter 10. Verse 37. He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he who does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Jesus, by his very nature, the presentation of the Father has to come first. But you know, many things can distract us or get in the way with our relationship with Jesus. So when it comes to the crunch, when we have to choose one way or the other, which way do we go? And what does Jesus himself say on the issue? As well as what we read already. We can do a quick check back on that reading we had. John chapter 14. I'll pick out some more verses. Verse 15. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Verse 21. We've already repeated again in a separate context. He who has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. <clears throat> and he who loves me will be loved by my Father. And I will love him and manifest myself to him. <clears throat> and verse 23. Jesus answered him, If a man loves me, he will keep my word. And my father will love him. And we will come to him and make our home with him. So, <clears throat> fairly clear then. For Jesus saying... <clears throat> If you love me, do what I ask you. 
keep my commandments. Very much, don't tell me you love me by what you say. Show me you love me by what you do. So what are Jesus' commandments? We're all here. All of it. As Jesus said, John chapter 7 verse 16. My teaching is not mine, but it is his who sent me. Jesus' commandments are God's commandments. Sometimes as you read some of these passages, it all seems to come a bit circular. He says, if you love me, keep my commandments. What is the greatest commandment? You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. But love is circular. Love breeds more love. And then bits fly off in new directions. As Jesus says in John chapter 13, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another just as I have loved you you also are to love one another and so there's a new commandment so so loving Jesus is all about loving each other if you do remember what Darren spoke of it it, it did <clears throat> It was what he was saying, wasn't it? You know, all the sort of little things that we do for each other, visiting people when they're not well, helping them out when they have particular needs. There's so many ways in which we can show love to each other. And that is showing love to Jesus. And I think it's very well, very well illustrated in a well-known parable that he told. Which, yes, yes, it's a sort of parable called a parable. Matthew chapter 25. it's worth reading this out in full when the son of man comes in his glory and all the angels with him then he will sit on his glorious throne before him will be gathered all the nations and he will separate them one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats and he will place the sheep at his right hand but the goats at the left then the king will say to those at his right hand come O blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see thee hungry and feed thee, or thirsty and give thee drink? And when did we see thee a stranger and welcome thee, or, or naked and clothe thee? And when did we see thee sick or in prison and visit thee? And the king will answer them, Truly, I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. Then he will say to those at his left hand, Depart from me, you cursed, into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, 
and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you did not welcome me. Naked, and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they also will answer, Lord, when did we see thee hungry, or thirsty, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not minister to thee? Then he will answer them, Truly I say to you, as you did it not to the one of the least of these, you did it not to me. And they would go into the eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. So that hammers the point home, doesn't it? If you do it to the least of these, my brethren, you're doing it to me. If you love each other, you're loving me. If you're withholding love from anybody, you're withholding love from me. Notice that the people in the parable weren't particularly aware of what they had been doing. If Jesus had asked them the question, do you love me? What do you think they would have said? We thought about how we can love Jesus and maybe thought about how much we do love Jesus. As we've been going through these things, I hope maybe you've been thinking, where do I stand here? I said, not, no point in me asking for an answer. We can only answer the question ourselves, to ourselves. But at the end of the day, we don't want to spend too long thinking about it. We hope you enjoyed that talk. For more downloads, information about what we believe and details of our meeting times, go to our website, ormskirkchristadelphians.org.uk. Mm-hmm.